0: Welcome to The Arrangers Podcast. I'm Aaron
1: Heddenstrom. And I'm Drew Zaremba. The Arrangers Podcast is dedicated to the insightful discussion of music arranging and composition. What we do takes a lot
0: of hard work and resources. We are asking for support from listeners like you to continue to make this podcast available for
1: everybody. Please consider contributing a monthly donation to our Patreon platform. We sincerely appreciate any contributions you are able to give. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, or leave a review on iTunes. Be
0: sure to send us your questions and feedback to thearrangerspodcast at gmail.com,
1: and find out more at www.thearrangerspodcast.com. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everyone, and thanks again for joining us. These are very interesting times, indeed. I know for me, a lot of classes have moved online, teaching stuff and all that. Uh, I assume the same is true for you, Aaron. How are you doing over there?
0: Yeah, you said it. It's interesting times. Hoping everyone out there is staying you know, healthy, safe, and doing everything they can. But, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. We're uh, We're all online now, so I'm just at home a ton. And trying to figure out how to teach all my stuff online in, in various platforms. And so that's, you know, a little bit of a, a strange challenge.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. I, I know for me too, we've, we've had spring break last week and we're going to get started up here soon. And uh, for those of you who've been following along with the recent episodes, you may know that some of the interviews that we've been releasing have been from a few months ago. And so now uh, we're, we're caught up, more or less. We have a few more interviews to release, but we're it's, it's March. <laughs> March 23rd, 24th right now. We'll be releasing later this week. Is that right, yeah, Aaron?
0: Yeah, 24th, yep, and we'll be releasing on Friday.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing that we hope to do is get back into a little more of a rhythm now that we have this time. Yeah. We're looking forward to sharing some more stuff with you. And we actually have some really exciting announcements coming up not in conjunction with any of this COVID-19 crap. Totally unrelated, but we'll let you know about that real soon, won't we, Aaron?
0: Yes, yes. We have a couple of big developments that we've been
1: really working on and some collaborations
0: coming up that we're really, really excited about. So we will share that with you soon. Today, we kind of decided we wanted to just catch up a little bit, especially because, you know... Probably most all of you and us are are kind of at home, just kind of isolating ourselves from contact. So, you know, that, that leaves us with a lot of needs, um, particularly for mm-hmm. community and social needs and things like that. It also leaves us with a lot of time where we just kind of have to find things to busy ourselves with. So today's episode, we thought it would be fun to come up with a list of ideas for for this time and you know just in general i guess these are general ideas that you could do anytime but especially with the especially this time yes exactly (laughs) especially with the situation being that we are kind of stuck inside with yeah theoretically a little bit of time
1: here are some ideas of things you can do while we're in this unfortunate position i saw a funny meme aaron the other it was uh it was a it was a composer sitting at his desk at the with the piano at his side you know scribbling down things and it said a composer, and then underneath it it said it was the exact same image and it said a composer in quarantine. <laughs> 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 so there's there's something you know I I saw I saw a bingo uh, musician quarantine bingo, and it's and one of the squares was. Um, my life is no different because of the quarantine <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which which has something to something to be said for it. But for, uh, you know, there is, you're totally right. There is so much more time that we have right now. And so I think Aaron issued a fun challenge for, for me. He was like, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to talk about on the episode. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? You come up with your stuff and I'll come up with mine and we'll see how much of it lines up and, and all that. And so we, we're... We're gonna just have a oh natural discussion, which I'm That's looking right. forward to.
0: I don't know what Drew came up with for his ideas and he doesn't know what I came up with. So we could yeah. be we could be shocking one another with our ideas. <laughs> Literally in shocking shock, you, you know. <laughs> You'll be just as shocked as we are. All right. Or yes. we or we'll be just as shocked as you are for the big reveal, you know. So Oh boy. All right, so why don't well, why you why go... don't you kick things off? Oh! <laughs> uh, okay, I'll kick things off. Yeah. All right,
1: so... That sounds good.
0: My first idea is something that I think is very dear to a composer or arranger or any kind of artist's heart. This is finishing a piece you've already started. Because I know that it's kind of in our nature as creative people to start a ton of different ideas and to come up Mm. with tons of like little seeds um, and then just most of them are just going to kind of sit there and never get developed. And that's normal and that's fine. That'll happen most likely to most of us. But maybe this is a time if you are kind of wondering what you should do with yourself, maybe you can take a piece that you've started and kind of got stuck on and maybe you can have a goal. I'm going to finish this piece, you know, with this extra time I have.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's actually something I'm doing right now. <laughs> are you Are you doing something like that right now as well, Aaron? Yeah, I definitely am.
0: If you look around my room that I'm in right now, I have folders and piles of just papers with little riffs and things I've written, you know, chord progressions and things. Um, yeah. And I've actually enjoyed kind of opening those up and just paging through them and just, hey, look at this idea. I totally th- had this thing in mind for that, and I have never done anything with it. So some of these I'm I'm kind of revisiting and trying to make them into something.
1: Do you ever um, record your ideas with a voice memo and oh, sing yeah. or play into that? Yeah. All the
0: time, yeah. I'll be out in public with my son or something like that, and I'll, and I'll get this crystal clear idea. And so I'll kind of look around to make sure that nobody's, you know, listening. <laughs> so yeah, try to, right. Try to find a little... <laughs> Try to find a little spot where nobody's around, so I don't feel embarrassed, and then
1: I'll, whatever, I'll sing into my little yeah. my phone, and you totally you, do, do, the you same do the same thing. thing? Oh my gosh, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, and I need to not look like a. Sometimes I'm in a public, like yeah, a very public space. And I'm like, oh, I need to get this down before it evaporates, right? Right. Like, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> or I hate it when it's like you ever wake up like in the middle of the night. And you have an idea, and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm gonna forget this in the morning. I need to get out of bed, go to my phone, and sing it into the phone." Yeah, before yeah. I lose it.
0: I totally. I, oh, it's the uh, word. It's great, it's but I hate it because you can't lose that momentum.
1: Right. Otherwise, it's yeah. gone.
0: It's gone. Actually, you know the the musician Tom Waits.
1: Uh, I've heard that name. I forget who he <laughs> is exactly.
0: He's, he's like a singer-songwriter kind of, he's hard to categorize. He's got like this really kind of a gruff, coarse voice. And he writes these songs. Some of them are very strange and experimental, and some of them are more straight. But anyways, he's a very you know prolific, interesting musician. I've heard that he never writes ideas down because his philosophy is that if you never remember that idea again, it was fate. And that Only the ideas that are destined to become songs are
1: the ones that stay with you. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I don't agree with it, but (laughs) I think it's a very interesting idea. Nothing against Mr. Waits, of course. Yeah, I, I, I can't get behind that. I think there are certain things that make melodies and tunes very memorable, but I don't know if it's whether you remember it from a dream or whatever situation you know sure
0: yeah uh, yeah i i thought. i certainly write ideas down so i can remember them later Yeah. sometimes right. you ever get that thing though you you write something down and the next day you come back to it and th- you have like this mm. whole like symphony in your head and you're like like oh i hear this just glorious music around this idea and then you come back to it and you're like dude this is so bad <laughs> like I, this <laughs> this melody has no redeeming qualities <laughs> it's like like, i don't know what
1: i was thinking i can i can relate to that i can relate to that yeah well i guess i better go with one of mine one of my ideas that i've started actually doing myself during this time is uh write something for yourself and record it so many of us are performers as well as composers so this doesn't work as well for the composers out there who aren't performers but More than likely, you play a little bit of piano or something, Mm -hmm. and so just write something for yourself to play. You could write a a few etudes, and it turns into a book or something, or you could even, you know, you play flute, write a piece for solo flute, and that was actually one of my, I remember one of my first composition assignments from my first composition teacher, uh, Eric Delson, when I was in Brussels, and he was like, yeah, why don't you write something for solo flute? I'm like, What? He's like, there's no harmony, there's no nothing. And he's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> there's a real fun challenge in writing for a solo instrument. You know, you have to outline harmony yourself, and but there's it's, it can be very abstract. Uh, but then the mm-hmm. idea being you can perform it and then uh, use it and make a video of it and, you know, share that with people. You don't need to rely on other people to do that. You can create something and then uh, share it with the world while we're in the middle of this all of this
0: yeah that's a great idea um you know especially because we have this explosion of this kind of music happening right now i was thinking about it i was like i wonder if we'll ever look back and call this genre music like video music like not music videos not music videos but something like video music where like it's sort of designed to be around like you know you you record these different parts and then you put this split screen and it's almost like the the video and the music are almost like a collaboration together as part of the art form you know like uh i'm sure you know you've all heard jacob collier and all these different people um that do this and it's it's kind of a thing now and so well yeah what what better time and i've seen more people doing that this last week because well drew yourself included yeah just kind of hey well i'm stuck with myself so better make something well yeah i'll I'll play with the musicians that i have around me me and me and me myself me myself (laughs) and i exactly
1: exactly (laughs) you know but but for the folks who don't even know how to do all that i mean yes please multitrack and and get creative and all that and write for 500 uh you know bassoons uh, or don't but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'd be epic. uh but like or even to, it would be but then you could even just writing for solo for yourself and just you know just taking it with your phone fo- take a do a clip of it with your phone or whatever yeah I do, uh, that's cool video music that's fascinating and i think par- i wonder how much of that has come off because of just the visual nature of our culture today like yeah. you have to see like i don't people seem not to have enough patience just to listen to music by itself. It's like, it has so much more of an allure. If you can see something happening, music has become visual. It really has. Yeah. Maybe a topic for another episode. It could be a whole deep dive, but either way, it's just, it's part of what is here right now and we'll see how long it keeps going.
0: Um, Right. Right. And at the very least, you know, I mean, cultural surroundings shape our art no matter what. Right. So, we yeah, we may well. look we may look back on this and and have no problem with the fact that there's visuals associated. It just might be an art movement that happened. What whereas some sometimes it's easy for me at least to look at this and say like oh it's such a shame that you know we have to have these visuals. But maybe in maybe in like fifty years it'll be like this was like a movement that happened. You know I, who knows right. Yeah. Anyways. Well that's a great idea. What have you been writing for yourself that you've taken advantage of this time?
1: Well, the thing I did last week was the sax soli video for of a Soli that I had never uh that had never been recorded, never really oh, yeah. played. And so I was like, Yeah, I kinda liked this one. Let's do that. And so I'm hoping to do a few more in that vein. Uh some saxophone things, maybe even get into some flute and clarinet, bass clarinet kind of things and uh you know trying to feature myself and i know you're doing something you're going to be releasing something soon uh of that very nature
0: and by the way drew's video is killing if you haven't seen it go to his instagram and check it out it's pretty awesome drew you have a Thanks, great brother. uh great saxophone sound i just love it so anyways Thank um you. i'm doing my arrangement of bolivia that i've had sitting in the volts for a while i've wanted to do a video like this and i have the arrangement it's been done for like i don't know like two years probably and two years i've just been waiting around for the opportunity to actually like film some of these performances of it and stuff and so now i finally have had some time to uh sit down
1: with the video editing and so uh, that's been a lot of fun I did not realize that you'd been sitting on that for two years. that's maybe crazy,
0: yeah, I bet it's been two years,
1: yeah, wow, man yeah. Aaron just showed it for all y'all listening uh Aaron showed it to me right before, and it is uh it's just the most epic adventure on Bolivia, so now now you have more incentive to release it sooner, Aaron. Because everyone's right. gonna be excited about it now. <laughs> All right, I will. I will release it.
0: I will release it. I'll share it.
1: Woo! Yay!
0: Okay, let's keep moving here. What you got? Um, my next idea is to transcribe something. I mean, mm. This could be anything from a solo, like speaking as a uh, you know a jazz performer or whatever. So you can transcribe a solo, but. Even as an arranger, you could transcribe something with chords. I actually recently transcribed a Hank Jones solo piano piece. That was, it was like the hardest transcription I've done probably. It was just, it kicked my butt so hard because, you know, you're trying to figure out the inner voicings and there's so much of a challenge because Mm. you're trying to figure out how this was laid out in his hands how, you know, certain things you're like, I think I'm hearing that note, but I don't think you could possibly do that with with the stretch of a hand, (laughs) you know? Or, you know, it's like, well, how big did he stretch? (laughs) You know, could he do that? Right, yeah. Not only that, but, you know, you're like, well, I can't quite tell if this one note is in the chord or if it's just something, you know, in the atmosphere of the overtones or whatever. So transcribing something... I think is always a way to better yourself as a musician and to expand your repertoire of sounds, which ultimately what is what we do as composers. We collect sounds and then we use them as our tools. So I, I just had such a blast transcribing this soul. I can't play it, you know it's it's really hard and, and it's, it's very <laughs> impressive and it gives me a new uh, appreciation for Hank Jones. but what's the cut? Uh, it's his arrangement of how about you? Oh, nice. If you haven't checked it out, it's just really good. It's You can tell that he arranged it really intentionally because there's certain aspects of it, certain hits, certain things that come back in the both the out and the in head. And what I love about it is there's just some licks in there that just punch you in the face. Like, he'll just be, like, <laughs> doing this, like, kind of Mr. Rogers neighborhood, like, you know, nice melody. And then all of a sudden there's, like, this blazing, like... Out riff that's just like holy crap, what, what was that? And then there's all these just beautiful harmonic shifts that he does that are just like, I don't know, like he obviously sat down with this thing and and you know, kind of wrote it out at least mentally.
1: Yeah, Hank Jones is probably one of the most underrated pianists. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. Think. He's, yeah, I mean, and we've so said it on the sh- probably on the show before, but like just. What a freaking family. Like, oh man. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> what an insane family. Like I know, right? They have oh. Can you imagine like being there like mom or dad or you know? Just... Oh man. Like what? Hank Jones, Thad Jones, Elvin Jones. That's yeah, man. And then also like uh I think that what's something that falls into the same category is transcription, is you can transcribe like a big band chart or something more complicated like that. But I think also in the same category, a score study, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like just like learning from the material that is already there. Like I have some scores sitting on my shelf that I'm definitely planning on going through. I might even try to transcribe a few minutes of stuff here and there and then see how close I get to the score. Great the idea. Transcription. That's a phenomenal yeah. idea. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. It's you know, I've got the Maria score book. I'm, oh, nice. I'm trying to see if I can do it with I don't I haven't memorized a lot of that stuff. Uh, just sat with other things. So I'm looking forward to seeing not doing a whole chart. Like that just takes so darn long. Although that'd be an amazing project if you really love the chart. But mm-hmm. even just do, doing a few minutes or like sections. Yeah, yeah. And even if you get some of it wrong, you know, it's
0: like you're you're just getting a better ear.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. A lot of people are intimidated by transcription because they've never done it before. Um, so I don't recommend starting with a big band chart <laughs> if it's your <laughs> first transcription. Right. Maybe start with like Louis Armstrong. Motown song. Yeah, Motown, even better.
0: Yeah something with four chords it's the whole exercise of just figuring anything out by ear
1: yes the sooner you start the better you get at it the stronger your ear gets the more you're able to hear things that you want to do as a musician no doubt so let's
0: let's transition to your idea which was score study um because that was on my list as well and i wanted to ask you so what do you do when you study a score because that's like a it's like a thing you say right like oh just go study scores but then you like open it up and you're like, ah. uh, I don't know, looks like a bunch of notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what do, you, what do you do? That's awesome. Man, first of all, it's always informed by what I'm hearing. Studying a score without listening to the recording is really, once you're good at reading scores and you're hearing it in your head, that's one thing. But for, for people starting out, or even my, <laughs> I'm not starting just starting out, but I like to listen to the music while I'm reading the score. There's like several levels. One of them is just, oh, what's really cool? Oh, I that was so cool. What was that? And then looking at each part of the uh, the whole orchestra, big band, or whatever it is, um, and saying, oh, how did they voice this chord? How is this in the strings? It's a great way to look at voicings, but then also like it's just the visual representation of what's happening sonically. So. I like to break it down into the different t- categories. So, like melody, what are the different instruments playing the melody? Who is it being passed around with? Rhythm, what are the rhythms uh, happening? What is the groove, if there is a groove? Harmony, what is the harmony happening? Voicing, orchestration, and then form. And so mm. the score is almost like the cookbook. Right. You want to know how to make this kind of sound? You better look up the recipe. Right, right. Or, like in a theater situation, it's the script. And so, like, just to to get the whole, oh, this is what happened here, and this is how it, and this these are where the di-. because what's also in the script is the the direction to the actor sternly, you know. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can reveal a lot of things, particularly with larger instrumentation, uh, that are not as quickly seen as with a smaller ensemble. Oh, I didn't realize the flutes were doubling the violins right there. That's why it's mm. coming out so well. Oh, I, I wouldn't have thought to put the oboe underneath the clarinet, but in this voicing, it creates this really cool sound. And voila, here you are. Oh, the bassoons are playing in the extreme high register with the stopped French horns and sultasto cellos. No wonder that sound is coming out, is so eerie and peculiar. And then copy. <laughs> yeah, Steal. Right. right, right, yeah. What do, exactly. what do you do when you're studying a score, my man?
0: I usually have something that I'm like, what is that sound? Right. Like, how do you achieve that sound? And so I I like to think of the score as like a way to reverse engineer um, your Mm. ideas. So it's, it's just kind of like, you know, when I teach jazz improv or whatever, I'll take like a Charlie Parker lick and then I'll like say, okay, let's reverse engineer. What how did he come to this conclusion? Because when you're when you're composing a piece, when you're improvising a solo when you're doing anything that requires an art to it if you're skilled at what you do you're not just throwing dots at a page you know you're really you're making decisions that are informed right so a lot of times it's just asking the question like well why would they do that <laughs> why would they do that hmm. or I'll even sometimes it'll be like wait a second was that really is that really right? That's one of the that's one of the craziest things I've learned from studying scores and transcribing is that you find that there's so many weird things people write in their music that you would never do coming from like a textbook if you right. if you were like
1: yes. write
0: the thirds in perfect proximity to the blah 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 blah. Whatever yeah. I, I remember Maria Schneider's story was always, you know, she went and did copy work for Gil Evans and did some orchestration and you know, she, she brought him this project where she reorchestrated one of his pieces and it was like perfect to the textbook. Right. And he was Uh like, no, 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 no. It's all wrong. You know, you got to put the instruments where they're like straining to play the notes and all that. Right. His his whole idea was you got to put the instruments where they're uncomfortable to create a certain effect. And that's something where sometimes you learn something the quote unquote correct way. And then you get into the, to the wild so to speak and you start to see that there's all these exceptions so that's that's what i like about studying scores i don't necessarily have like a super defined method but a lot of times i'll just be coming from a place of curiosity like whoa that's an insane chord what is that how did they get it and what's the logic behind it and how can i do that and then sometimes it's just hey this is not my normal type of music that i listen to yes maybe there's a few things in here that i can use that i wouldn't use on my own
1: yeah i think we as jazz people well i think composers in general can get caught up with harmony and voicings guilty as charged uh (laughs) me too (laughs) and i think at the isjack conference last year one of the big things that vince mendoza talked about a long for a long time was form and energy Mm. and shape and that's something that you can get that from a score study But it it also just fits into the wider category of listening and Mm -hmm. listening analytically and thinking, oh, you know, what? how about if we're talking in a jazz context? Intro, head, solo, development, shout chorus, head out, out. What would happen if there was no head in? Whoa, Mm -hmm. like, now what do we do? Like, just... I th- and li- getting inspired and stealing from other people's ideas of form can really open up your concept a bit. so there's different ways of doing it like there's the yeah like the magnifying glass and then there's the telescope like you know looking at from very far away and looking way up close it, it it's fun and so being curious seeking out resources that challenge you and then and diving in is is uh a big part of what we're getting at here, aren't we, Aaron?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's it's pretty easy to do if you go into IMSLP, at least for classical scores. So IMSLP.org, not sure of all the legalities of it, but but there's scores, you know? And you can go and you
1: can check them out. So Quite a bit of it is legal. Anything pre-1924 or whatever. Right. Yes. When it's public
0: domain and all that. So, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so don't take my legal advice, but... But, you know, if it's if you can find a copy of the score, great. So, um, I have one idea that's actually more of a modern challenge. This is to learn a new software.
1: Ah, oh, that was that was my next one. <laughs> oh, nice. See, that's we're good. on the same that's wavelength. Good. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, nowadays everything is run through a computer, whether yes. it's recording, whether it's notation, whether it's video editing or graphic designs or website design or whatever i mean you know we're all we're all plugged in so so software is our tool for me one of the most fun things to do is when you pick up a new software and you start to like really figure out the cool things it can do yeah so right now i'm, I'm doing a little bit with adobe premiere pro to do some video editing which i've played with before for some like simple edits but like now that I'm really trying to do some other things like a green screen type thing. And, and then you just start getting into it and you're like, oh, what else can this thing do? And, and you start unraveling the features of it. I remember going through the same process with uh, Sibelius and wow, if I hit the H key, it creates a crescendo. And if I, you know, you learn all these hot keys and all of a sudden you're just cooking. <laughs> and then same with, uh, same with logic. I remember yes. the first times I pulled up logic, I was like, there's so many buttons and things I don't understand. And you just kind of get more and more into it before long. Your logic is just like playing an instrument. Yes. Hit record, do some editing, do some crossfades, whatever you, you know, pretty much everyone I talk to who's a musician is like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to learn logic. Oh, I've really been meaning to learn Finale. Oh, I've really been meaning to learn Ableton or whatever it is and this is a great time to sit down and do it.
1: Yes, 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 yes. You know, there are old fashioned cats out there who don't know how to use a DAW, digital audio workstation. They are very few and far between. Like if you want to do any kind of film work in Hollywood or elsewhere, any kind of video game work, you have to know how to use Logic or Pro Tools or Ableton or one of those. So you can make demos because that's just the industry standard. Um, Unless you're John Williams, you have to make demos. So yeah, for for us composers and arrangers, it's just so important to know that. And that's something I, I barely, I know enough to get me in trouble, as I tell people. And so to learn some more tricks and things would be really a a great investment of my investment of my time. But uh, I yeah, I'm feeling the urge to go learn some right now. And then on the other flip side of it is for the for the composers who only know a DAW to learn a notation software. I recommend finale myself because it's kind of what a lot of people use but there's a ton of people out there on Sibelius and you know what's making a strong showing right now Aaron is Dorico it is like I see it taking over potentially everything sooner that rather than later it's just everyone who I've talked to says it's like the easiest thing to make parts with hardly any copy work required it has such a strong whatever AI or something intuitive parts it's like wow Amazing. Yeah. So I might try to learn Dorico during this time. Uh, you know, that could be... Dorico, something. if you're... Is it Dorico? I thought it was Dorico. But maybe Dorico. Well, Dur- either way. D- Doritos? Dorico, Dor... <laughs> yeah. Could Dur- we, is I'm, this a place
0: where we ask for another Doritos uh, sponsorship? <laughs> or how about, a, how about a Dorico sponsorship, right? I mean, you know, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. i'd switch from sibelius yeah no uh i i think you know software software transitions are hard because people get really into something and then it's like you have to learn a new language to start a new software right i mean i've had to do finale for a few different just offhand projects i open up finale and it's completely foreign to me so it takes forever for me to do anything and it's not that it's bad software it's just It's just that I'm not, you know, I'm not familiar with any of the workflow, but then I can get into Sibelius and I can just like crank something out just so fast because I've been doing it for so many years. I know all the hot keys. It's like my fingers are just muscle memory at this point. Like I need to create a crescendo. I just press H, you know, and it's just like, boom, 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 boom. So something like Dorico, Dorico, (laughs) however you pronounce it, Dorito, if it really is that good, then I'm sure it'll catch on eventually it just takes so much time. So anyways, but yeah, you know, I was going to recommend a couple of sites that you might go to if you're learning a software that will make the process much smoother and more effective and more enriching. One is lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A. You can pay for a subscription, but many of you may have access to it for free through your school or institution or Even your public library, I know for me, my public library system actually just offers that as part of your library membership. So don't sleep on stuff like that because I've taken a lot of courses from lynda.com and other similar types of sites. Skillshare is another one. Uh, Mac Pro Video. I mean, there's so many of them out there now. But to me, going through like a structured step-by-step where someone's like, here's the window where you do this where you plug in the instrument like oh that's something that would have taken me forever if i didn't have this you know <laughs> you're benefiting from learning from somebody who uses the software every day because you yes. know how every software has like that weird thing that should be the most obvious button but it's like nest <laughs> nestled in like four setting windows <laughs> it's like right climb mount everest and then dig into a cave and then you you know dodge the boulder on your way down <laughs> and open the treasure chest then you can activate headphone monitoring in logic <laughs> it's like Is this a Zelda game? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with these videos you can get straight to those little weird idiosyncrasies that you would probably spend forever banging your head against the wall trying to find.
1: Love it. I uh what's your think what's your great. next one? Yeah, I think let, maybe oh. let's do one more. Uh, yeah let's do one more one more yeah Um, this one's for all the marbles i guess so maybe you have a better one (laughs) let's
0: face off you have one i have one we'll see whose is better okay okay
1: okay (laughs) mine mine was to really like as composers and something that helps get you work is knowing a lot of different styles and so Mm. really forcing yourself to get out of your habits and the box that you often live in, which for jazz guys is lead sheets, big band, and that sort of thing, and learn how to write a string quartet. Learn how to write a woodwind quintet, a brass quintet, Uh, write something in sonata form, write a Bach fugue, or for classical people, learn a folk song, try to write something in the style of an American songbook, write something that you're not used to writing. That's mine.
0: Yeah. That's really good. I think we should go with that. Mine was uh, create a business plan. Ooh, that's also really good, though.
1: It's really important.
0: Yeah, so, I mean... Let's call it a draw. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think learning different styles is really important, especially nowadays, because on the one hand, specialization is still important. I think the more I branch out, the more I realize how much I need to rely on what I'm, who I truly am mm. as a musician... You know, because I'll try different gigs and some of them go well and some of them don't. Some things I'm just like, eh, you know, it's cool and everything. It just doesn't feel like me. Yep. So I think that's something that we all, you know, kind of go through is how far do I want to diversify into different styles? But there's really nothing to lose just doing something, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would even argue, I mean, c- speaking as a teacher mostly right now, that most people until you're like 30 35 40 you don't really know what your own voice is so Mm -hmm. who you are is a very flexible idea you know and so Mm -hmm. the more Mm -hmm. input that you're able to give yourself the more history that you can bring to your voice the more authenticity you'll have the greater perspective you'll be able to go to and and just the more buckets that you can reach into and say this situation calls for this kind of application everything's already been done before but it maybe Mm -hmm. hasn't been assimilated in the way that you're thinking the more information that you put in the better music that you'll be able to put out some people are like why do i have to learn big band well you may never write another big band chart but you don't know how this is going to influence you in your future you know what things you'll gain the same way that people are, oh why do, in classical theory why do we have to study Bach and Beethoven uh, because so many of the principles that they wrote with carry forward today and it, it enriches you as a person doesn't take away from something else uh, and you look at the greatest musicians uh, the greatest composers they've all done this they all started studying oh man yeah and have studied everything so totally
0: I mean this is in all genres because as jazz players we we have a particular tradition of studying the masters and transcribing and stuff to study the old cats you know but even when you talk to like really really incredible like songwriters and stuff they're studying Paul Simon and yes the Beatles the Beatles Bob Dylan they're studying the great songwriters you know and so yes you're not going to meet a master of any craft who hasn't studied the history and the greats and i mean not that any of us know all of it but no. but to just do your homework right pays dividends and and really separates I think you know those who are really really able to go to that next tier of artistry I think is because they're drawing from the greater sort of uh, pool of inspiration
1: yeah yeah should we wrap it up with yours
0: yeah let's finish up with the business thing
1: (laughs) yes I think making a business plan just making life goals for yourself figuring out what you want to do balancing that with the reality of what is possible some people determine that They don't want to do music full time, that they'll work at Starbucks 20 hours a week, that they'll do something else to pay the bills. So that way they do the music that they love and don't compromise on that. And others are like, Mm -hmm. I don't care what I do as long as I'm doing music. And so, you know, it's that's why it's personal. And it's uh, Mm -hmm. and I think my dad likes to talk about it as, you know, when we're in the day to day, week to week, we're often at, you know, we're at ground level. And I think it's really wise for all of us, whether we're in music or not, but especially in music, because it's a freelance, uh, for the most part, career, Mm -hmm. to get up to 10,000 feet on the airplane level. Mm. Get a bird's eye view of your life. What is your life right now? Where do you see it? Where has it been going? What is the path that you've traveled in the last couple of years? And where would that continue? What changes can you make? And do you want to make get above out of yourself i think that's an extremely valuable luxury that we have now with this extra time we get to dream we get to think uh, imagine plan and even if money is a little tight right now it won't always be you know it it, there's Mm -hmm. it's not about necessarily doing these things now it's about planning them so then they can happen later and then finally following through on it you know it's easy to make a business Mm -hmm. plan and then not do anything um but then to actually try to make changes in your life it's hard but it can be done and that's that's a really great use of time for these uh, these covid-19 days
0: <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah. yeah i think i loved what you said about it it just being personal like don't buy into someone else's business plan yeah. right don't be someone else's version of the career that you know that they want to live but be okay with yours looking different cuz for me I look at some people and I'm like, oh man, they're really hitting the Instagram hard or they're really doing certain things or touring a lot or they're they just have different goals than I do. And so it's it's easy as all of us know it's really easy to compare ourselves and Drew, you and I were talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. I said, Drew, is it crazy that I find myself being incredibly envious of people every time I go on social media? And you were like, No, no, that's pretty much everybody. Yeah. But um but I think the whole thing is you look at other people and they're doing their business plan or their goals and their lifestyle or whatever. And it's yeah. easy to be like, Oh, that looks so cool, you know, what are what are they mm-hmm. doing that I'm not but maybe that's exactly it. You, you just have different... Because for me, one of the reasons that I love teaching, one of the joys of it and one of the things I love is that there's this part of my life where I make a lot of my income teaching and not having that dictate my art, mm-hmm. right? And I know you teach at you know the college level as well. And I'm assuming that has a lot to do with it too, is like, it's just really nice sometimes not to be like oh the pieces i write have to sustain my family like i you know i can i can do get a lot of my income regularly from teaching and then on top of that now i feel like hey like i don't have to write my pieces for someone else i can just write the music that would naturally come out and ironically that's sometimes the the stuff with the most appeal mm-hmm. to other people anyways right
1: it's the most sincere
0: yeah. And I look around sometimes and I go, oh, that person's, you know, doing all this cool stuff and that person's doing all this cool stuff. And I'm here, you know, teaching private lessons or whatever, which is also really cool. But in our minds, the grass is always greener. Just to say like, you know, you don't have to be that that Instagram sensation or whatever yes. that, someone el- that someone else is, right? You don't have to, if if that's not you or if, if that's not what you're interested in, then totally fun. i know people that are like some of the best musicians i've ever met that don't have a website don't have facebook and they're just you know Mm -hmm. uh, more or less anonymous in terms of their public persona right but it's like within the music community it's like oh that's the cat man that guy can really play
1: yeah i think this has been a really great conversation about all these things to review them real quick your first one aaron what was it again
0: mine was transcription
1: oh yeah transcription and then we talked about recording a piece for yourself score study score study right uh learning a new software learning a new style Um, making a business plan for yourself i think that's it that was those were the things we were talking about so um for thanks for sticking around with us everyone for listening and uh we're just happy to be talking to you again. <laughs> hope you enjoy our musings as much as we do. <laughs> we, we love it. That's why we do this.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And stay safe. Make responsible choices with everything going on. And um, yeah, let's hope this all kind of goes in the right direction soon and we can resume some degree of
1: normalcy. Yes. And until then, enjoy as much as you can. The time that you have to yourself, the time that you have to write, create and uh and enjoy we'll hope to release another one of these in about two weeks every two weeks as long as we have some extra time and maybe even beyond thanks everyone for sticking with us for listening for your support and uh, we'll come at you with those really exciting announcements real soon all right see you later bye everyone thanks for listening to this episode of the arrangers podcast If you enjoyed what you just
0: heard, you can support us directly with a small donation on Patreon or by sharing this
1: episode with a friend. You can hear lots of other interviews, score studies, and fun discussions at www.thearrangerspodcast.com or wherever you find podcasts. Bye for now and keep writing.